Sinister Parlor. Sinister Parlor. Sinister Parlor. Sinister Parlor. Good evening, fiends. Welcome to another episode of Sinister Parlor Podcast. I'm Zombie Barbie, and tonight I have two very special guests, Tom Ryan and Todd Saruch, and we are going to be talking about their movie, Theater of Terror. Hey, guys. <laughs> hey. Hi. How are you? Thanks for having us on. Yeah, thank you, guys. I'm glad it's working. I was kind of nervous about it. Yeah, this is great. This is great. We're all in our little bunkers. And <laughs> I know. Exactly. We're like the Brady Bunch with the little boxes and stuff. <laughs> right. right. I like it. Uh, yeah. Great. I get to see Tom's face. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys have it where like we're all lined up? Or is it only coming up when one person talks? Um, so I, I think whoever dominates the conversation is the face that pops up. And then on the top, I've got a little. Yeah, same here. Same there. I have it like Brady there. Bunch. We're all lined up. <laughs> so I can see both at the same time. Oh, that's great. That's great. Cool. <laughs> all right. So you guys did a movie um, called Theater of Terror, which I got to watch and was super excited about that. But Tom, you were writer and director, right? And Todd, you were producer. Correct. Yep. Awesome. And many other things. You know, the indie film scene, we all wear a lot of hats. So Tom got to boss me around on set as a production <laughs> assistant, craft services, you name it. And Tom as well. You know, I tease him, but we all, you know, wear a lot of hats. But mm -hmm. yeah, that's our main roles, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a huge thing I've noticed with the indie films is you always have to do... I mean, you all have to help each other, whether it's, you know, helping with costume, the makeup stuff, um, setting up sets. I mean, everything. It's like your hands are in everything when you're working on an indie, indie film. Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Um, you know, it's, you really can't afford as many people as you need. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but I think it's, that's, you know, as, as, as independent filmmakers, we, you know, we're, we're still, we're still learning a lot about, making every project that we do and i just i believe that i love to get my hands in everything mm -hmm. and because you just kind of feel how the movie you know you build the movie round up and uh so i really don't have a lot of problems with doing that although it does mm -hmm. be a little crazy on set um, you know mm -hmm. when you you kind of forget like that you have to do stuff because you don't you don't have that guy that's carrying something for you and you have to run out and get it you know so uh-huh um, yeah, but it's 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 also a fun part of the production. Like you know, um, even though I'm the writer and the director, I don't stare, uh, you know, shouting through a bullhorn at everybody mm -hmm. uh, to get in in the mix and everything. And um, we have some real run and gun productions, but you know, we we try to shoot stuff quick and and it helps to have a small crew and um, nobody really complains about the workload. Mm -hmm. I love I love having when it's a small crew and you also feel like you get closer when you're on set when you are all helping each other and coming together to make the film. So it means a lot more once it's finished because you all did so much to help make it come to life. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even though like there are times it's funny every every production that we've done together is the same like we're on set and you know at the beginning of the day we're all having a good time towards the end of the day we sometimes want to strangle each other you know? <laughs> but then you see the final product and it was all worth it you know mm -hmm. yeah. so very cool yeah so i noticed there's actually a few names that i know them that were in some of these um the short films um adam ginsburg patrick devaney yep. and then patrick boyer yeah yeah yeah. So I was like, oh, three I know guys. them. <laughs> three, three guys. And uh, oddly enough, I met all of them at the same place, the Macabre Fair Film Festival. Oh. Long Island. Uh, back in 2013, I believe, is when I met all them there. I actually met Patrick Devaney earlier. I met Patrick Devaney on set of an independent uh, web series called Dead Road. Okay. Um, that's 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 where I met Pat Devaney, and he actually recommended that I submit my first short film, Day Nine, to the Macabre Fair Film Festival, which, I, and I then in turn met Adam Ginsberg, who was running that with his wife Elsie Ginsberg, Patrick Boyer, who was there 
getting um, he was a makeup model uh, mm -hmm. artist, action dance FX of uh, Vince Calora. And uh, their table was set up next to my table where I was selling DVDs of my film, Day Nine. Nice. And I got to know them. And Patrick was such a great guy. Pat's about six foot seven. Oh, yeah. He's big. He's huge. <laughs> yeah, he's an imposing mm -hmm. figure. But I got to know him and he was such a great guy. And back in 2013, I told him, Pat, someday we are going to work together. I promise you. And I just, I, when, I, when I cast for my films, I really like to put actors in parts or roles that will reflect things that they're going to feel comfortable in. Um, never had anything for Pat until we did the Theater of Terror, and he played in two shorts in that. He was mm -hmm. uh, the alien and abducted, and he was... Yeah, so that was cool to work with those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so with Patrick, so I, you know, I know most of them from Facebook, and I noticed that, because you are all East Coast, right? Yeah. Well, obviously you two are, but I think they are too. Um, yeah, it yeah. seems like everybody's connected somehow. So Patrick was in a short film that I was in and then he helped us with like the makeup and the special effects. And he also played, um, I don't really know if I can say what he is because it's not released yet, but he was a creature of some sort. I gotcha. Okay. So cool. yeah. So it was like what was the title of the film. Can you tell us? Yeah. So it's called three bodies, one grave. Okay. And I know right now that, um, you know, like fan films are kind of getting a bad rap, but it was a Friday the 13th fan film, but it's a period piece. So it's based back in the 50s before Jason Voorhees was an adult and it kind of goes into like a backstory. Cool. And hmm. so I don't know, since you guys are all East Coast, do you know Christopher Inlow? I do. Yes. Okay. I know Chris. Yeah. So it's his film. So we all ah. did that together. Okay, cool. Okay. Excellent. It's a small ah. world. That's crazy. Really small world. Well, especially in indie horror, that makes it even smaller. True. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is very true. But yeah, yeah, as soon as I saw his name, I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They were great to work with. Um, did you, did you now ask, did you like Pat and Adam in uh, the theater of terror? I mean, of course you have to like Pat Boyer because he's, you know, he's in this yeah. great costume. But as far as Patrick as the, uh, as Mr. Simmons and Adam Ginsberg as the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Patrick was in the book room. Yeah. 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 No, they were, it was, yeah, I thought they were both really cool. And then also, um, I'm trying to think, cause I'm trying to like get them all. Okay. So the gift is what, see, I always thought it was Ginsberg. So it's Ginsberg, right? Ginsberg. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yep. So he was in the gift. Patrick Devaney was in The Bookworm, which that one was my favorite, by the way. Yep. I loved The Bookworm. Oh, And then Abducted and Endangered was Patrick Boyer, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, it's interesting hard. that you say that. Everybody that seems to have their own favorite. You oh, know, sure. we, we always ask that when we screen at a film festival or online or whatever, we always ask. And it's always interesting to see what people's favorites are. So yours mm -hmm. is The Bookworm, huh? Yeah, I really liked the bookworm, but I also liked Endangered. Well, I liked oh. all of them, but those two were my favorite. So it was kind of like hard. Yeah. Guys. Yeah. But yeah, those were good. Cool. <laughs> so um, did so I know Tom that you were the writer, but did you write as well, Todd? No, not on not on this one. So Tom, um, we have worked together over the years on just various projects whether you know we've been in a couple indie films together as actors you know and just you know we know most of the same people in the scene so tom has his company theater of terror is the name of tom's production company as well oh i didn't and, know that. um yep and so he just approached me he said look i have an idea for this anthology. And as soon as he said the word anthology, I'm like, okay, I'm in like whatever, mm -hmm. whatever capacity you need, I'm in. Cause I just am a fan of, uh, of, of, of anthology films. And then he showed me the four short scripts he had written. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm all over this, whatever, nice. whatever you need. He's like, well, at this time around, I just need someone, you know, to produce help with social media and, and uh, fundraising and stuff. And I'm like, yep. Okay. I'm in. Cool. <laughs> so, but you know, I didn't, I didn't write anything on this one okay that was all tom so how many other projects have you guys worked on together <laughs> a lot <laughs> yeah yeah we've we've acted in stuff together 
Oh, okay. Uh, we, and so if I was to run down, I couldn't count them right off the top of my head. I mean, I'm sure it's, it's not that many, but it's, it's, it's a good it's enough over here. Yeah. You know. yeah, it's a good amount of projects. Yeah. Yeah. And as far as working as a team uh, making films, um, it, the Theater of Terror was our first project. Yeah. Um, okay. And um, where we coordinated together, actually. I, I shot a film that Todd was in too, but it's, again, this is the first, anthology was the first that we've worked together as producer directors. Um, and now, of course, we're working on. Follow-up anthology. <laughs> yeah, so we'll be working on that as well. Another four films. Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. So you're yeah. both actors then, too. Yeah, I mean, when I say I'm an actor, I, I, I act in a lot of independent films. I don't think I go, um, um, I don't look for gigs mm -hmm. uh, necessarily. I, I don't put a resume out there. <laughs> I just friends projects. I, I have a lot of friends that are filmmakers as well. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things where like, Hey, if you need, you know, if you need anybody to come out or they might reach out and go, Hey Tom, I need a bartender for this film or I need somebody to play someone's husband or I need something, you know, I'm usually okay. Or um, I'll go out and do um, gigs like that. Um, I was in the theater of terror. If you don't recognize me, I kind of had the reverse of this. I was, I was the, um, the, the theater the theater, theater guy. guy huh yeah okay i was thinking i was like he was that's awesome but uh you look a little yeah, different so with the I'm, hat um, but <laughs> yeah yeah i kind of do like a um i kind of just kind of put myself in like when we did that anthology i didn't necessarily want to be a main character in this and I thought that the role of Colin was very small, but I liked it because it kind of reflected the way I feel when I make my films. I feel like I'm kind mm -hmm. of that, like that tells these stories to everybody. And so, um, you know, that's the kind of stuff we'll do. Um, Todd and I, um, again, we were in this film Black Wake together um, that starred Eric Roberts and Tom Sizemore. Oh, cool. Kip was a director on that. And, um, you know, so... Projects like that. We were in Jeremiah Kipp's latest project, uh, Slapface, the feature film. It was based upon a short film that he had done, a great wow. short film he had done. And so uh, Todd and I were in that together. So we kind of do gigs like that. I don't think we're not looking for uh, acting gigs as, 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 more, uh, as much as we are kind of just, you know, we'll have friends reach out. Exactly. Mm -hmm. They know we're reliable. Uh, they know we're 100% into it. And mm -hmm. so... They'll just kind of reach out to us and tell us they have a gig and send us a script. And uh, yeah, that's the kind of stuff that we'll do. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's a lot of fun. I, for some reason, I always, you know, people say, oh, we have this cool little part for you in a film. Oh, and by the way, uh, you're, you're going to die in the film. I'm like, oh, great. Again. You're like, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. It seems to be a running theme and it always gets a big pop from the audience whenever I die in a movie. So, Aww. all right, I'm okay yeah. with it. <laughs> yeah. Love it. <laughs> like, what? what did I ever do to anybody? I don't like, understand. Why do I have to die? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's fun. I mean, dying on screen is cool, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, I... So Tom is definitely more, I would say, of, a, of an actor, really, than I am. I don't really call myself that. Like, um, I've had a few small parts. And then, you know, that film Tom referenced, uh, you know, he directed a, a short film called Wrapped. And that was my first kind of major speaking role, you know, oh, okay. of any kind. But for the most part, it's been background stuff, which I'm fine with. I have a full-time job that pays my bills and allows me to indulge <laughs> the other mm -hmm. stuff. I love to do, you know, the, yeah. the filmmaking and whatnot, you know, which that part of it keeps me sane. Hell yeah. That's awesome. That's cool. You guys do so much together constantly. That's, that's really neat. It's nice when you have like that tight knit group of people that you work with over and over, it just makes it more comfortable. It does. It does. I agree. Um, plus I, I've said this to you, these guys privately and I'll say it publicly, but guys like Todd and other people on our team, I just know they have my back mm -hmm. when we're film. I know there's no flakes on the team. I know that everybody is, you know, a hundred percent invested in whatever vision we have for the film. It's we will, we'll, you know, we go about discussing it and pre 
months. Mm -hmm. um, I share all my ideas openly with the guys. And we're not afraid to, to, to go at it over. Uh, we don't pussyfoot around, you know, um, clashing sometimes on set. <laughs> he laughs. You know? <laughs> yeah, because it happens like at every shoot, you know. Yeah. But, but it's, it's just because, you know, it's because we're so close and we work so well together. Everybody knows that we're trying to get to the finish line. Mm -hmm have goals for that day that shoot there's somewhere where we're gonna go and that's never in dispute no matter what you know obstacles we run across during filmmaking or however testy we get you know we like i said when we run and gun in these films you know there's really not a lot of time to kind of sit down and relax a lot of mm -hmm. these shoot the location that we have for a day and because our budget can only afford a day at that location we have to get that we need and so there's not a lot of time to mince words and so mm -hmm. we're short with each other or sometimes we're just just the pressure is the entire room mm -hmm. um what we have to get done but i would not i would i, I wouldn't want to do it with anyone but the guys that i've done this with because we are friends um they do trust me and they know that when i say i need to do something or i want to do something me they all have my back um, they, they all trust me. And like I said, I, I couldn't work with a better group of guys. And that's why I continue to kind of work with the same people in the film. Um, yeah. And I do, because I just kind of don't want to fix it if it ain't broken. And, um, exactly. while I do like to work with different and I do like to get different people involved in our productions that are interested in getting involved in a production, but I kind of have a core group of people that I rely on. Yeah. Um, yeah. To, to kind of, you know, help the gears turn and uh you know so this is why we do work with the same guys and more and more projects and it'll probably only you know only increase in number the number of projects we work together i don't think anybody's disappointed about the way that things have gone for us uh this mm -hmm. run so far nice you're not disappointed are you todd no no it. not at all and you know it's it's just funny like the reason i laughed is because you know tom is exactly right like you're in close quarters. And what really made me laugh is, so when we shot uh, Abducted, we shot that uh, over two weekends in the middle of November. Oh, and when I say when we were out in the woods, like, now I know you said, like, we, we don't have to censor ourselves. When I said, we, <laughs> when I say we were out in the woods, we were in the middle of the fucking woods in New Jersey. <laughs> and it was like 20 degrees. And it was damp. And that, uh, so towards the end of the night, I was like, Tom, if, if you don't wrap this up, like, I think, because my dad, uh, my dad is the one that came up with the lighting effects in that movie for the spaceship. Oh, and nice. I'm like, Tom, my dad is going to murder you and leave your body here in the woods for the wolves. And <laughs> nobody will find you. <laughs> so we better just wrap this up. But it's that kind of thing. But to Tom's point, we're friends. So we know that, like, even if, things do get a little testy or whatever it comes from a good place you know mm -hmm. and we yeah. know that at the end like we're still going to be friends or like i can question him on set and say are you sure about this and he'll say well yeah i am and here's why or well uh, that's a good point you know mm -hmm. or whatever we can get away with that you know with each other to, to kind of call each other out a little bit um you know on set but there are times. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, because because sometimes as as that creative force behind what we're trying to do, there's something that's in my mind that no one's really that aware of <laughs> thinking about doing. Mm -hmm. And um, so this is what I mean when these when I say these guys trust me, because I think they know that I'm not gonna waste anyone's time. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's just like and and I've been on a lot of sets and I've been on sets where I was like, what is going on here? Oh yeah. There's no order. Right. right. And it was because they did not know what they were doing or what they wanted to do. But on our sets, I think the, the glue that holds us all together is that trust. Like these guys know I'm not going to waste anyone's time doing something. I've got in my head what we're doing. So when we're scrambling around set and doing stuff, at the end of the day, I'm not going to go, oh, well, that didn't work. I guess we're going to have to try again. No, it's 
I usually go home and I'll text everybody and go, oh my God, we got some amazing stuff. You're like, this is oh. great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what usually comes out of it. So I think that helps, that, that helps with the trust too. And the, mm-hmm. There's a method to your mayhem. There's a method. There is. There is a method <laughs> to the mayhem. so um i have said to both of you as far as the theater that was a beautiful location how did you get that landmark lowe's jersey on journal square in jersey city i grew up on highland avenue that was within walking distance four minutes away from journal square i saw all the classic movies from the 80s in the in the early 90s Maybe not the early 90s, they might have closed by then, but at least in the late 70s, early 80s, uh, my parents would take me there. As a teenager, I went there by myself. Saw so many great films there. And uh, so the, the theater closed officially as a Lowe's Theater. And it's now actually Landmark Lowe's, which is run by uh, an organization called the Friends of Lowe's. It's kind of like, a, you know, volunteers work, but they maintain the theater because of, you know, what a majestic theater it is. Mm-hmm. Um, maintaining that and when I did my first feature film Faces um, we shot that entirely in Jersey City um, I grew up in Jersey City so I kind of felt connection that I wanted to shoot a film there mm-hmm. uh, and, um, when we held the premiere I said I'm, I want to reach out to the Lowe's Theater to the friends because they do they do have films playing there they'll have a universal monster movie weekend where they're showing oh. Dracula and Frank Visible Man um, and then they won't show anything for a really long time. And then they'll show three James Bond's movies. And then, mm-hmm. uh, then some, you know, Gone with the Wind. And then they'll show Casablanca one night. So they have these special events. They also will rent out to weddings or, you know, what city might want to do something there. So I reached out to them about the premiere for the film. And they said, yeah, we'll definitely, you know, we made arrangements and we came to an agreement. And they let us hold the premiere there. And I kind of developed a relationship with the people in the organization. And so when we were shooting the Theater of Terror, we started talking about these four films and the anthology and the wraparound was still kind of a, um, just kind of like a fluid idea that we hadn't really settled on anything. And I said, I really want this to take place in a theater. Mm -hmm. Because we decided to call it the Theater of Terror after the production company. We were just like, everything's full circle with this. This is perfect. And um, I said, what better theater than the Lowe's? And so I reached out to them and uh, yeah, we we came to an agreement and we we got there and shot. That was actually, that wraparound story where we shot was actually maybe my most stressful day on set of (laughs) any of the stuff for that film because we had a massive rainstorm that day Uh... in, uh, in Jersey. And it was so massive that every major road leading from my house in Bloomfield, New Jersey, to Jersey City was flooded. There were state troopers everywhere with their sirens, just like telling everybody to take every U-turn, like you could not. So my, uh, my actress, Lauren, um, she was at Lowe's. She took the train in from Manhattan, no problem. Um, the cameraman, Lewis, uh, lived in Jersey City, so he got there with no problem. They waited there. I was two and a half hours late to set. Oh my and gosh. I am never, I am never late to set, ever. And I was so embarrassed. I, I mean, I almost didn't make it there. And mm-hmm. um, it got there. Then I had to change in the column and do these scenes. I wasn't just directing. Now I was acting and directing. And I arrived, I was so completely stressed out by the whole ordeal that when I watched the film now, I absolutely can't believe that that's what happened that day. And it came across so smooth in the edit. Like, it looks, it looks great. So, uh, yeah. yeah, that was extremely challenging. But back to your point, the theater was beautiful. The Friends of Lowe's are great people that, that uh, allowed an independent film to shoot there. We premiered the movie there as well in January of 2019. Oh, cool. So it was re- real for the audience to see the movie and be in the theater where we shot it someone probably sat in the seat that lauren was sitting in during the film too probably yeah right up nice. front. yeah so <laughs> yeah. yeah it's very cool yeah that was so great she was in was she in the endangered short as well that is her in endangered okay. yes and that's kind of the tie-in at the end 
Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yes. There was a tie in. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. Yep. Um, so as far as like with, um, the werewolf, how, how did you guys construct? Cause I know that, um, you know, Patrick normally does like special effects and stuff. Did he have a hand in yeah. that or did you guys have somebody else come in and do it? Yeah. Uh, do you want to tell the story? Yeah. So, um, you know, we were thinking about it and Tom will fill in like the parts that I don't know, but we were thinking about how we were going to pull off the werewolf and we had looked at different masks. Um, we had originally thought, um, we had a, a, a couple of name actors in mind that we, that were big guys that we thought would play the werewolf. And then we said, well, wait a second, we're going to get these guys and we're just going to cover them in makeup and a mask and, and no one will really know who it is mm -hmm. anyway. Right. And then um, we were trying to figure out whether we we're going to do makeup or do a mask. We didn't really like anything. And then Patrick said, hey, I've been working on this Krampus costume, you know, mm -hmm. for a different project. I could probably adapt that it to be to be the werewolf. And then he started working on it and we saw what he was doing. And we were like, we saw it coming together and we were like, oh, my God, that, you know, that's it. Mm -hmm. and, and we just had him construct the whole thing. And then we tried some other things, you know, with the with the leg. Uh, Tom tried to construct these uh, stilts for him to to walk on to give him more of like that that real uh, wolf like appearance, you know, how mm -hmm. a, how a dog's legs really look. And then you know that's one of those things that happens on set where in in thought and in practice it seems okay, and then in execution on like uneven ground. And oh, such, yeah. it didn't really work out, you know. But yeah, the, the stilts were great yeah. in, in that in my living room. Yeah, when you're in the woods, in the woods, it was just like you know he couldn't yeah, keep like, his, It was it was really challenging to get him off. And to try to catch, like to, to stand there and try to catch a guy who's six and a half feet tall when he's falling over is oh, yeah. not that easy. Yeah, you know. But you know, it all came together, and the and the costume really was amazing. And we had the we had the head at the at the premiere. You know, we had a bunch of the props from the movie oh, at cool. the premiere, so we had a lot of pictures. You know, people taking pictures with the with the costume and the props and stuff. It was really cool. It, that premiere was a great great experience because I think between Tom and the whole production team, we pulled off like a real movie premiere. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. we had red carpet interviews. We had, you know, everyone was dressed up. And yet, like you said, uh, uh, Barbie, we, the theater is amazing, you know? Mm -hmm. So to have the premiere there was really cool. Even my dad, you know, was, because my dad has now worked with us on quite a few of the productions. Mm -hmm. and he's just like, yeah, this is really cool. <laughs> that would, yeah, that would be badass. Like perfect location to be able to premiere it at. And especially, you know, since you did film there and it means so yeah. much to you from your childhood, that's super, super cool. That is, it really is. It was, it was, it's incredible. It didn't come true. I never thought I'd have a movie show. Uh -huh. <laughs> when I was a kid and like standing in line to go see The Empire Strikes Back, you know, or something like that. They are Raiders of the Lost Ark and standing mm -hmm. in line as a kid. You know, it's really cool. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to have my movie up here someday. Yeah, I never even <laughs> thought of that. I never even, I never dreamed of it. Never dreamed of it. Yeah. That's badass. So what yeah, got yeah. you guys into film? Well, so I've just, I've been a movie buff my entire life from when I was a kid. You know, um, I had a, a favorite aunt who, when I would go stay at their, my aunt and uncle's house, she would sneak and let me watch horror movies that my mother in a hundred million years would never let me watch. <laughs> um, so that just got me into movies and horror. And I just grew up just loving movies. And then for me, it was fairly recent. It was only maybe nine or 10 years ago that I even really discovered that indie films were even a thing. You know, mm -hmm. I was at a horror convention and I met some guys of filmmakers from Queens, New York. They had made uh, an indie film called The Super that I really, really liked. And I got to know those guys. And I said, you know, how does one even do this? Like, how do you even make movies? You know, what do you mean? There's just people in New Jersey, like, making movies? And he's like, yeah. And they invited me, you know, to help out on, on one of their productions. And then I was in another one of their – and then it just went from there. 
And I'm like, oh my God, I, I, I can't believe I get, I actually get to do this. Mm-hmm. You know? And then I met a bunch of other people and I met Tom and then it just, it kind of blossomed out from there, you know? So it was just a childhood love of movies. Somehow 40 years later, you know, I'm mm-hmm. like, wow, I'm actually involved in the process. Yeah. So. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. For me, it was kind of I mean, similar. You know, I grew up, I love, I love movies. I love all types of movies, action films, horror movies, dramatic films, classical films. I, I, I love, uh, I, I loved them all. And, and I guess something, um, something that really sparked it for me was uh, seeing a lot of the uh, behind the scenes stuff when I was a kid of like uh, um, the Ray Harryhausen, like, X for classic films like Jason and the Argonauts and, and the Sinbad movies. And mm-hmm. I was fascinated by that stuff. I loved it. I don't know if it was a mixture of what kind of looked like toys. And I was a kid and I, I and it just the movement and the, and the, um, and, and the final product of what they would get out of that. Jason, the Argonauts was a big influence on these scene where he fights the skeletons. Like that mm-hmm. to me was the, just one of the coolest things I'd ever seen. And then, of course, uh, the original King Kong, and when he's like back in the T Rex's mouth open in, in, the, in the woods, and uh, <laughs> just all that kind of stuff with the monsters on, on Skull Island. I just love that stuff. And um, then I saw behind the scenes for Star Wars Strikes Back. And I love the movies, and I just kind of saw how they were doing all this stuff with these prop ships and firecrackers blowing up on them, the big blue screens, and. Mm-hmm. Stuff with the tauntauns and everything and I just was uh that really drew me into like wanting to make films and direct movies and you know George Lucas's name was always prominent in the Star Wars movies and I'm like director that's what I want to be the director yeah (laughs) and uh I just really love that so it was honestly my passion for film really started with effects and I wanted to be a long time I used to collect Fangoria magazine religiously my mom Fangoria Oh, I'd come to the dinner table and I'd like to read and you'd see some like guys' heads split open. Yeah. <laughs> and my mom is like, what are you bringing to the table? So um, that's, that's my that future mom. Really, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was like my, that was really my draw into wanting to be involved in movies in the first place. It was just the effects, the behind the scenes stuff. I was so intrigued by it. I remember when I saw the howling, you see the werewolf's arm get cut off in the shed mm-hmm. and it bubbles up and curls up. I said, that's so cool. Like, I love that. The transformation in American Werewolf in London blew me away. Even the simple stuff, like people getting like the arrow through the throat under the mattress on Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. Simple stuff. Like, I was like, that's so sick. How did they do that? So I started collecting the magazine, started reading up on a lot of that stuff, really just learning the ins and outs of special effects. And um, I I studied the media arts in college when I went to college for, but only for a couple of years because I ran out of money and I couldn't afford the tuition anymore. I didn't have any scholarships or grants. Oh man. Um, And then when I got out of it, I just kind of forgot all about filmmaking, started working a full-time job. And a friend of mine started making a, um, the web series Dead Road, where I met Pat Devaney. He was making that uh, series at the time. And uh, I volunteered to do special effects for him because he had zombies on his show. And there wasn't a lot of effort put into the makeup effects on the zombies because that was really like a one-man operation, what he was doing. He was filming it. He was directing it. He, it, he was editing it. The oh rest gosh. of us were So I told him, I'll help you with the effects. And then when I came on and I kind of saw what the digital age had delivered to making films for the independent filmmaker. You know, when I studied film, I learned how to cut tape on, on, on reel to reel and cut actual film and edit that way. Oh. And I didn't have that at home. So I could, you know, who can make a movie at home without a budget, you know, mm-hmm. a studio where they could cut tape and, or they could pay an editor, but I didn't have that kind of money. When I saw he was filming on a digital camera, editing on his home software and then putting it on the internet, the possibilities for me to make films kind of put it into me again. And so I wrote my first film day nine and it's been nonstop since then. That's awesome. Hell yeah. That's so cool. It's crazy. 
like Todd said, I never would have expected it to be mm-hmm. doing it now. It's so great. And I feel like I, sh- I, sh- I shouldn't be doing anything else, to be honest with you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like once you get a taste of it and you get to see like what you've made, you don't ever want to stop. You want to just keep doing it, doing it, doing it. It's, it's amazing. It yeah. really is. Yeah. Now, if only we could find a way to monetize it right? so that I could quit my full-time job. Yes. That's the trick. That's the trick. You know, unfortunately, unfortunately for us, we've really kind of come into our own right when DVDs are just kind of dying out and everybody is streaming stuff. Mm -hmm. Because if for if it wasn't for that, if we were still in the age of VHS tapes or DVDs, you have like something material that you could sell. Mm -hmm. Now everybody's like, well, when are you streaming it, man? And all these and, and it's 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 crazy that we just kind of happen to be getting into it at this time when the whole medium, the, f- the form of delivery for your art is changing significantly and not in a way, and not in a way that's going to make you more money. Yeah. The way that it's going to make you less money if you're able to market your product. So that's the challenging part. But first and foremost, we make the movies for, for a passion, for a mm-hmm. love genre. That's really why we do it. The dream is to somehow monetize that. Yeah. You know, that's really the dream. But I, I don't think I would ever stop making movies because we're not, we're not. Like I just like to do it because it's a great form of expression for actors, for, for writers, for, for all of us that are involved in it, makeup artists. It's just such a experience. And we try to continue to get better with every project and it just the experience just continues to get better when the final product continues to get better so hopefully if we're doing something right sooner or later someone will pay us to do it yes definitely stop doing it <laughs> well i think that kind of yeah. separates you guys too is you know you know when people are only in it to make money or when that's their passion and that's they're doing it because that's what they love there's you know your heart is in it more than the people that just do it just for a paycheck so it's like, I feel like the ones that do it because that's their true passion, I feel like they will get big at some point. And, you know, you always, you always want it to happen soon and it does take time, which sucks, but it's, you know, I just think that when you do make it big, how you want to be, you'll stay up there because it's your heart's in it. It's your passion. You're not going to stop. Even if you're not making money, you're still going to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just means more. <laughs> when you know, you know, you know, when you know it's, somebody loves it and somebody loves doing it and it's you know and like you you know you seem to care about your cast and your crew where if you go on these big sets they don't they're there for a paycheck yeah yeah we definitely care about them and i care about the relationships that we have with the people that we work with because i oh and i always remind everyone when we're on set remember we are here to play make-believe and have fun mm-hmm. Enjoy it, and I want everyone to just um, just get a lot out of the experience. Get as much out of it as as we do, because, like I said, when the film is over, it's just mm-hmm. let the cast and the crew feel that way too. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So out of out of okay, so I'll ask each of you out of all of the ones that was in theater terror, what is your guys's favorite? Like, do you have one favorite? I mean, I'm sure they all mean something to you because you guys made them, but do you have an absolute favorite out of all of them? Uh, so out of the four, my, my personal favorite has always been abducted. Um, mm-hmm. I, for several reasons, one, just because I know what went into making that film, you know? And like I said, my dad, Kenny, uh, devised system for the lighting for the UFO, uh, which was a real gonna gonna be like a point for us where we were trying to figure out how we were gonna do it, you mm-hmm. know. And my dad came up with uh, what what I think is a really amazing effect. I've had people, uh, and, and Tom has as well. We've had people tell us that that is a Hollywood grade effect that that pulled off on our budget. So that that's a big part of it. But also just the fact that we, we, I think we told a very cool story with what amounts to very little actual spoken word and dialogue. Mm-hmm. 
and there's a whole very effective story there without a lot of uh, dialogue and exposition, which I think is really, really cool. And just knowing the effort that we all put into what at one point was a really miserable shoot, you know? <laughs> and so to see, but to see the final, when I saw the first cut of the UFO, I was like, holy yeah. shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. That was worth every time I stepped in that goddamn creek in the middle of the woods. <laughs> You're like, this is so worth it. <laughs> yeah, it was worth it. So I lost three toes to frostbite. Ah, I didn't need yeah, it. We got a great product. <laughs> yeah, we got a great shot. But yeah, so yeah, Abducted is, is my personal favorite of the four. Nice. So, um, was is does your dad do lighting like what what made him do that or how did you bring him on well it's an interesting story my dad was a mechanic by trade you know okay. he was a mechanic uh, worked for the township his whole career um always just a handy guy though like my dad is one of those guys from that generation who seems to literally know how to do everything like plumbing carpentry mm -hmm. electric you're like, there are times when I'm like, how do you, why do you know that? Like, how do you even know that? And um, he- So he'll be able to survive during this coronavirus thing. Oh, please, he, <laughs> please, please. So yeah, he's probably already built an underground shelter, you know, so. Um, but so later, uh, as he got towards retirement, my dad always likes to keep busy. So mm -hmm. he self-taught himself audio engineering. And he started doing sound and lighting for a, a bunch of local bands here in New Jersey. Um, okay. You know, so my dad has a trailer full of lighting and sound equipment. So we're trying to figure out how to do the lighting on this film. And I'm like, Tom, what the hell is wrong with us? Let's just ask my dad. And sure mm -hmm. enough, my dad, within a day, he calls me over to the house and he's got this prototype. And I'm like, yeah, that's Damn. it, that's it. And we went and we set up a test in Tom's backyard and, and me, Tom, and Louie, our cinematographer, just looked at each other, was like, holy, holy shit. shit, there it is, <laughs> you know? But it just comes from that, like, my dad was born as we were coming out of uh, World War II and the Depression, mm -hmm. so he's just got that Depression-era mentality of making use of what you have, yeah. you know? Like, no, 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 we don't need to spend money on that. Let me, I got this, I got this, I got this. Let's just build, you know, with ladders and planks and some lights well let's just build this you know and mm -hmm. he came up with it and there you have it that's badass <laughs> um real quick um whose dog is that the little beagle oh go ahead Tom. oh okay so that was my landlord's dog <laughs> uh, bella is her name yeah and so uh she that was maybe the toughest thing about shooting that film was getting Bella to do anything on camera that you know. Oh, wow. The reason that Bella is like sniffing in every scene she's in is because we had to like throw snacks everywhere just to get <laughs> anything. And it was like, we, I mean, that dog must have eaten like two pounds of snack in the span of like 20, 30 so minutes. And then she couldn't move. <laughs> I mean, she was just like, that's the only way she could do anything. Mm. <laughs> she was she was great and, and uh that was one of those when we were done shooting i was like i'm never writing a story with a dog in it or a cat. <laughs> <laughs> nothing that was over again yeah but um no, not was only great. was she not a, like a trained movie dog she was barely trained like at she all wasn't trained. <laughs> yeah. oh, she wouldn't listen no she didn't do anything yeah. <laughs> I love the part when he picks her up, he like just grabs her and runs and she's yeah. just like hanging there. I was like, that is so cute. Yeah. <laughs> he just picks her up and she's just like limp, like holy Tom, shit. Didn't, get, didn't Russ get bit once doing that? Cause he picked her up yeah. a way she didn't he, like, right? Right, he picked oh, her up man. the wrong way and she snapped at him and, and, <laughs> and other than that, she doesn't react at all, right? right. But <laughs> he kind of just grabbed her weird and she snapped on him. But. Oh, how funny. And I reminded a few guy. times, I'm like, that's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> he just swoops her up and runs. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was so cute. All right. So what is your favorite, Tom? Uh, you know, that's such a hard, that's a, such a hard question. It's like ask. asking him what's his favorite kid. Yeah. <laughs> Who's your it favorite really kid? <laughs> 
when we made um, every, every short that we made for that anthology was my favorite as we were making it. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as it's done, um, you're thinking about the next one. That, that was such a crazy experience making that anthology because we made them in the order that you saw them. It was the gift oh, that okay. I've been in danger. And every time we finished one and moved on to the other, I just thought like, we're never going to be able to make this. Never going to work. Mm -hmm. um, well, just getting them all done is just such a great achievement that I'm just so happy that we even got them all done. And we got the whole anthology done. But I think there's, for me, I think I have favorite things about each short. Yeah. They're, they're all kind of really equal. Like, I, I really like the way we told the story with the gift, mm -hmm. with the, the, the woman in the antique shop. I just thought, I like the way that we told that story with the flashbacks. Um, Bookworm, I just love the library, shooting in that library. Loved. Um, I love the transformation scene and getting to shoot that and working with the, the special effects artist responsible, Hello, who made those worms. That was such a, just such a great experience of making that short film. Abducted, Todd covered it with the lights and the UFO. I mean, once we were out there and I saw the way they looked and I was looking for cinematographer Lou Libitz, I'm looking I just knew it was just beautiful, just a money shot on that UFO. And that mm -hmm. was the experience about that. I also love what Beatrice Sniper did. Which she's the effects artist that handled Patrick as the alien. And I loved what she had done with him. And uh, Men Endangered, you know, I always wanted to make a werewolf movie. So mm -hmm. that for me was such, so fun to do that, to have Pat, this giant guy in the suit, that he made was unreal just loved it and i were so on the same page about how this werewolf was going to look from day one it was just so great to see that come to fruition. it was amazing and and then for endangered we get to do a you know a blood and gut scene with the torso yeah. the stomach the entrails getting ripped out and that was just kind of like cool. the, the icing on the cake of the anthology because the other ones are a little bit more cerebral you know the other shorts uh-huh a little bit different in, in that style and so it was fun about endangered was that we got to get funny and stuff and uh and the shoot at the cabin was great and and, and all the actors alan Ro kelly and randy and lauren and mark and, and just everybody involved tim um as as the, the brothers tim and tommy so that was a lot of fun too and then shooting the wraparound story would have been a lot more fun if i hadn't gotten caught in that rain <laughs> but, mm -hmm. uh, but i really do like the way that it came out because that story, um, just a little, you know, uh, uh, behind the scenes uh, secret is that uh, that was actually, that wraparound story was actually supposed to be a lot bigger than it was. More actors. Oh. It was, we were actually going to have all the main characters return from each wraparound, from each story. Oh, okay. We're going to kind of show them all kind of get sucked in. And just because of a scheduling conflict, we couldn't schedule all the main characters. Mm -hmm. And so we decided to get any of them and just bring the one girl back from Endangered. Okay. So, so um, for me, Oh no, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say it was really satisfying that we were able to complete that and that it came out as good as it did considering the adjustments that we had to make at the end of the production. Mm -hmm. Which is, it's funny how you, you know, you always, you always end up having to do that somewhere whenever you're working on a film. It's like, shit, we didn't have time for that or shit, they can't come out, you know? So right. it's like you always have to improvise, but it always, we never know that you had to do that. So it looks great to us. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and I'm happy that we actually had, we, we, we were able to fall back on a nice wraparound story and it doesn't seem like anything that was just hastily put together. I feel like no. it's, it's, it's basically the same idea, but honestly, it was the lack of budget as well that we felt that we couldn't do as big a wraparound story as we wanted to. Mm -hmm. And then when all said and done, we kind of watched it like, this is perfect. You know, this was perfect for what yeah. we So, uh, Oh, that was great. So I don't have, I can't say which one is my favorite. Um, you might have to ask me in like 10 years and like, which one do you want to watch? And then whichever <laughs> one. I say, okay, so now what's your favorite? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of hard to have say. You changed that. your mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, with endangered when I believe I got this correct. Um, when the news was on, mm -hmm. was that an endangered, right? Yeah, because yeah, they were doing like the like the protests and stuff. 
Right, right. Um, so the parts on the bottom, was that tying in some of the other movies or some of the other um, films? Tied in some of the other uh, uh, films in the anthology and tied in some of my older movies, my first feature. Okay. Um, and it tied in, I believe it ties wrapped in as well. Yeah, there's a blurb in there. There is a blurb, yeah, blurb in there, blurb so, in there about which is another yeah. short film. Yeah. The first short film where I killed Todd in. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of tie-ins. I always, it's funny because that newsman uh, that was in Endangered, uh, mm -hmm. with first short film, Day 9, as the same newsman with the same clothes. Oh, cool. He's also in my first feature film, Faces, as the same newsman wearing the same suit and tie. <laughs> nice. So, I try to bring him into all the projects at some point, if I need a newscast or what have you. And, and uh, mm -hmm. I know at this point, it's kind of like a cheesy, you know, the newscast. That was cool. It's a lot of fun. And I love bringing him back. And I think it's kind of cool to have the same guy, you know. It is. Yeah, super cast. awesome. Yeah, because yeah, I was like reading all the words. I'm like, oh, because did you do a part from Abducted about the serial killer? And uh, no, in Abducted, we I think we mentioned that uh, that uh, UFO sightings are increasing. That's and right, okay. That was the reference to abducted, yeah, that there's been a number of UFO sites. Yeah. Uh, that's count. I'm trying to read it, I'm reading every single word. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. He's gotta be tying stuff in right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what's fun about those scrolls. Like you got, you know, you watch the movie and you wanna go back and say, what did I miss, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, so with the bookworm, what was used for the slime? Cause I kept just, I was like, oh, that's so gross. Like, what was it? Yeah, so we got a home, a homemade slime recipe. This oh. Mike, Mike was handling that. And um, just like, I think it was just like glue and some other stuff, you know, this is on YouTube, but there was, we didn't add any food coloring. We wanted it to just, oh. we wanted it to look like, you know, like, I think we were gonna go with green goo in the beginning. Um, but then we didn't want it to look like Slimer, like the Ghostbusters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're like, oh, we don't want to look like Ghostbusters. And then I just said, you know what? Let's just go with the the, the translucent type slime. I think. Well, and um, I thought it turned out. Yeah, it looks super bucket, good. Like two gallon bucket of it or something like that. Oh two man. Yeah. Yeah, that was super gross. He's all touching it. And then I was like, ooh, he's just wiping it on his pants. Like, yeah. yeah. We drenched him in that song, oh. the actor Scott Gorbach. We drenched him in it. And he said it was cold and clammy. And, st and it was just, I give him so much credit for sitting there because not as quick as it's. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's all sitting yeah. in it for hours. <laughs> oh, it got in his eye and everything. Uh, yeah. uh, when you see the worm going up his face, it got under his eyelids. So, yeah, so gross. <laughs> a little bit of hazard pay there. Yeah, no kidding. At least he's not blind. You're good. <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> awesome. So are you guys working on anything here soon that you can say? Funny you should say that. <laughs> <laughs> So um, I'll let I'll let Tom fill in obviously on the on the different stories, but we were you know we had a production meeting and started trying to figure out what our next project was going to be. We didn't want to just jump into the next thing. We kind of really wanted to give it some thought, and mm -hmm. we thought about a short film, and then um, we came to a consensus that the the feedback was so good, and we had more stories to tell. So we decided to do another anthology. Um, you know, we just enjoyed it so much working with different stories and different people. And just a real quick callback, you asked about writing. So I'm very excited to have written one of the short stories for this upcoming anthology. Um, nice. I had an idea for a story. I was gonna do a short film on my own. It was gonna be my first short that I was going to write and direct. And so I wrote this story and then it, it was going to be a little bit ambitious, you know, for a first film. Mm -hmm. So Tom, you know, I showed it to Tom to get his opinion and he said, you know what, maybe, maybe we should turn, you know, bring this as part of the anthology. And then that way you'll have, you know, the whole production crew behind you and, mm -hmm. you know, we'll have more of a budget, you know, and, and then Tom took the script and did some rewrites and added some some stuff to it. 
you know, and now that's going to be part of the, uh, the new anthology. And, and I'm very uh, excited to have, have written one of the stories this time. So I'll uh, turn that over to Tom and let him give uh, the, the background on what we're working on. Nice. Well, congratulations yeah, so on writing. That's awesome. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'd always <laughs> wanted to move on to that phase of it, you know, um, mm -hmm. to try to write something, you know, and just see how it would go. And, uh, uh, you know, I was very grateful Tom felt good about good enough about the story to make it part of this of this new film. So mm -hmm. that was pretty cool. Good. Yeah, just to, I'm, and I'm just going to emphasize a little bit that, you know, Todd sent this story to me and I thought it was a great story. And um, he, he did want to make it his first film. But when he says it was a little bit ambitious, meaning that. Todd wasn't sure if he could actually pull the film off, but he was like, ah, you know what, we can do it. And if it stinks, it stinks. And I said, no, man, Aww. this is a script. Mm -hmm. I said to him, this is a good script, and, and, I, and, and you shouldn't just be willing to make a bad version of this good script. I said, let's do it under the Theater of Terror production. This way you have the full resources. We'll do it right. And um, and I'll direct. <laughs> so, Naturally, <laughs> uh, no, but, I'm surprised them honestly, honestly, getting a writing credit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. It's, uh, it's no, it's really a strong story. The, the the name of the story is Splinter, and it basically revolves around this ancient shaman curse. And uh, I love it because it goes outside of anything that we've covered in our in our other stories. So it's not another werewolf story. We're not doing it. You know, we're not do, we're not repeating kind of the same subgenre horror you know film that we've done already mm -hmm. uh, and i just it's going in with splinter the um the anthology also includes a, a sci-fi short another one called robot and um then we have a uh a, a film about ghosts uh, called nice haunted so we're going to cover that now in this anthology and the anthology opens up with a short film that we just wrapped which is about time travel and it's an homage to the, the old Universal Monster movies. Um, we shot in color, but we're, we're, we're putting out in black and white. Um, cool. Got like this old style soundtrack that we're, we're throwing down behind it. And um, it's, it's about time travel. It's called Soothsayer. Mm -hmm. We wrapped that one, was it two Sundays ago? Yeah, two, yeah, two weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, wow. Ago, so you're we, filming right now. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Well, we just we we just wrapped that one right before all the craziness broke. Yeah, right before they shut down the entire state. Yeah, you yeah. can't do anything. No, so it was kind of good timing because then I got to just be quarantined and do editing. So that was there good. you go. But um, I am extremely happy with the way Soothsayer came out. I think it is a great first film to launch the return to the theater of terror, which is what the sequel um, is uh, titled. That's awesome. And we're just going to be telling another uh, collection of shows. Yeah, ah, that, yeah, thank you. It's, it's, we're really excited about it because we do have a lot, you know, a, a good variety, diverse type stories again this time. Um, we're not revisiting anything we did with the first film. Mm -hmm. With the um, exception of the wraparound story will probably once again take place in the landmark Lowe's. Um, okay. Yay! Announce that because I haven't talked to the Lowe's about that yet. You're like, but I think we'll do it there. <laughs> I think we're going to do it there. And uh, so it's going to be a return to there. And uh, we're really excited about these shorts. They're going to be in the same format, which will be a runtime from between, you know, 18 to 24 minutes. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're psyched about it. We're really excited. Um, we've shared some screenshots on the Theater of Terror page on uh, Facebook. A lot of work into that. We had some amazing look. And, uh, we're in pre-production for Splinter now, which is Todd's short. <laughs> so we're in pre-production for that. And this, this whole quarantine has kind of given us the opportunity to sit back and really, you know, get into it and spend a lot of time developing this one. So I can mm -hmm. heavy on the special effects in this one, too. Nice. Oh, I can't wait. That's exciting. Congratulations, you guys. That's so cool. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Um, okay, so now we're hitting the end of the show where um, you guys can either, which, you know, we touched right now on what you're doing coming up, but you can revisit it again. Um, let everybody know where to find you, your pages, any shout outs that you want to do, just anything that you guys want to 
say in the closing, now is your time. Okay. Um, so you can uh, find me. I'm going to try to show it here. HorrorNerd.net nice. uh, is my website. I have okay. neglected it for far too long. <laughs> so, Tom, we don't need to see your chest. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I've neglected my website for far too long, but I'm going to, you know, like Tom said, we're kind of under lockdown now. So I'm going to mm -hmm. uh, try to, you know, get updated and start producing more content. But, you know, um, so you can find me there uh, on my YouTube channel. You can find me under my real name, Todd Strooch, or The Horror Nerd. Um, I mm -hmm. do a lot of horror conventions where I do celebrity interviews and other interviews. So you can follow me there on my, uh, on my YouTube channel. Okay. And um, I, am, uh, I am a social media whore. I'm not hard to find on <laughs> Facebook or Instagram or whatever. Um, so yeah, you can, you can track me down and, and I'm always around. I love to be connected to that fans and filmmakers online so yeah absolutely uh, reach out and like we just talked about just working with tom on the return to the fear of terror hell yeah i love that name that's a great <laughs> name <laughs> uh, yeah so um you can find me um uh on instagram as theater terror and theater spelled t-h-e-a-t-r-e oh okay. um, so Theater Terror on Instagram. It's Theater Terror on Twitter. Uh, we are Theater of Terror on Facebook. I encourage you to visit our website, which is theateroftterror.net. You can subscribe to our mailing list. I'm always sending out these great updates on the projects and how they're coming along and some just behind the scenes stuff that we're taking that you get exclusive um, viewing of uh, before we release them publicly. Um, I would encourage you to subscribe. Um, I'm on Facebook is Thomas Ryan, I guess you can find me. <laughs> yeah, um, so, uh, and, and as far as shout outs go, um, I do want to shout out to all my friends in the independent film community, the actors, the filmmakers, the producers, the cinematographers, the makeup artists, the PAs, uh, the gaffers, the grips, everybody that's involved in independent film um, or, or, or even um, any other production that is now shut down because of what we're going through. Say, I know it's easier said than done, but hang in there. Hopefully, things turn around really quickly. Um, also, to all the artists I know and everybody that's really kind of staying home right now and not making any money really sucks. But we'll be at this soon. I look forward to getting back on the film set, viewing um, this anthology, um, getting back to film festivals, getting back to horror conventions again, and everybody getting back to a normal way of life, which is enjoying the entertainment that inspires us so much. So. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. So um, I'm going to do quick shout outs real fast, but I want to thank you guys so much for coming on. Um, thank you, Todd, because you originally reached thank out and sending me the link for me to watch it. It was, I just thank you guys so much. I'm glad it worked too, because I was kind of nervous because yeah, everything's kind of going great. crazy right now. I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Thank you guys so much for taking the time. Um, I want to thank Crazy Ink Publishing for publishing my books. I have Broken Halo and Broken Halo Blood Curse available now on Amazon. Um, my third one will be coming out in January, which I'll keep everybody updated. Um, Matthew Price Thompson with MPT Graphics for doing my artwork. Chris Atella for doing my outro music, um, some of my intro music, my little videos that I put up here and there. He did music for that too. Um, Johnny Daggers for doing my intro and also some artwork. Um, my Indie Productions for, I'm a featured artist on their site, so I want to thank them for always supporting, um, getting me in contact with some of these guests that I have on here that are super amazing and awesome. Um, Sir Sturdy, he is a fellow podcaster and he's who started me with doing this. So you guys can all check him out on Horror with Sir Sturdy. He's on um, YouTube, Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, all that good stuff. Um, Christopher Inlow, who is also, um, he's, he's my co-host as well. So we kind of, we have some upcoming shows coming up that, you know, everybody will see on my Facebook. <laughs> um, I don't know if I already mentioned him, but Bud Vino, he's a huge supporter. He's also a podcaster. He's involved with, uh, it's called custody. I always get it wrong. It's either custody lives matter or custody matters 
matter lives. So, I don't know. But anyways, <laughs> I always get it wrong. It's like a tongue twister. But he's really involved in like parental rights and stuff like that. But he's also does um, horror podcasting as well. So, and then, you know, all my friends and family who continue to support and tune in and share and like and do all that fun stuff. So again, thank you guys. And we are done. Thank you. Thank you.